welcome to the Motorsport Coaching Podcast, sponsored by Motivate Training and Management. This is a podcast where we talk to drivers and industry experts to help you maximize your performances on and off the track. Let's get started with today's show. Hello, Motivate Training Team. Matt Payne here with you again for what is a truly fascinating episode of the Motorsport Coaching Podcast. In this week's episode, we cross to England to speak with Samir Abid. Samir is a race car driver, but primarily an engineer who has developed a series of training modules for racing drivers called Your Data Driven. By the name, of course, you can tell that the modules are aimed at improving your lap times through the application of data. His website, Your Data Driven, has a lot of free content and a podcast that features some huge names from Formula One down as well as a book. Put simply, Samira is one of the most fascinating people I've ever had the pleasure of speaking with. He has applied his data-driven approach to other sports and we cover everything from marathon to cycling, the America's Cup and with Tokyo calling the Olympics. A reminder also to jump on and like the Motivate Training Facebook and Instagram pages. Belinda and the team have been working on some exciting things for later in the year including a major event that we want your input in. Some more info on that later in the show. In the meantime, start your engine and enjoy this fascinating motorsport coaching podcast with Samir Abid from Your Data Driven Powered by Motivate Training. And joining us on the Motorsport Coaching Podcast this week is Samir Abid coming to us all the way from the spectacularly named Lamington Spa. How are you, Samir? Very well, very well, thanks. Good, good to have you here. Your company is called Your Data Driven. It's a motorsport-focused company. What is Your Data Driven? Yeah, so I set Your Data Driven up uh, about, uh, I suppose, 18 months ago, two years ago now. And it's very much about helping competitors in racing uh, learn to take some of the uncertainty out of you know, how to lap faster. Um, my, my background is as a professional engineer. And but I also race as a hobby, and it was quite obvious that some of the people I race with, uh, they're not don't have an engineering background, and mm-hmm. so the idea of the blog was to basically to share some of the basics, some of the um, some, some give them some some solid answers to some of the kind of you know the, the vague uh, answers that you may receive in the paddock for like, you know, what, you know, what tire pressure should I have? And, you know, when should I change gear and how do I really do data analysis and all this kind of stuff that we're sort of sold as a community, but then when you actually come to do it, it's, it's all a little bit vague. So the idea is to add a bit more certainty to that, that experience. And how does your data driven help improve your race car setup analysis and race driving? Well, the idea is that you're you're there to compete, to, to improve, to learn. And so the people who, who are interested in my site want to learn more. I mean, if you if you already know kind of what you're doing, you've been doing it for years and years, and, and it's just a case of just getting down and uh, driving quicker. But if you're curious to to learn more or understand, well, how are those guys at the front like two seconds quicker than me? I, I'm driving my heart out here. How are they quicker and what are they doing differently? Uh, you know, assuming that they're not cheating in some way, which is which is a common uh, first port of call in your mind, because you think I've done 10 tenths here, you know, how do I do yeah. that? 
So, so the idea is to bring a little bit um, by using data, which is a bit of a turn off word for people, to be honest, but using objectivity to, to help them get more understanding on their setup or more understanding on, you know, am I breaking uh, in the right place for turn one? Could I break harder? Uh, is it better if I turn in a bit later? Um, is it, am I changing gear at the right time? I mean, I've, I've got one fella, I've got this, like this is some really simple calculations you can work out to tell you when to change gear in a car. And I had one guy write to me, he said, I've filled in your spreadsheets from here, half a second quicker. And he's driving exactly the same. He's just changing gear at the right time. Wow. And it's little, it's little things like that that kind of slowly add up when you start to get a little bit more, uh, I hate to use the word, but like scientific about it. Yeah, I think it's um, it's like anything in life. I mean, once it clicks, um, if something that's been there that's been latent and then it clicks, it's suddenly a whole lot easier and um, makes life a hell of a lot easier, really, doesn't it? Well, this is it. And you think, you know, you just, you're going, like, the people who, who, who are interested, you know, it's their hobby. I mean, they, they take it very seriously. <laughs> but, yeah. And it's not inexpensive, but it's, it's they want to have fun, but they also want to improve themselves and they also want to, improve their uh their car or they want to know that they're investing the right stuff or or not to be you know um made to feel awkward or or uncomfortable it can be a bit patronizing motorsport sometimes so um the idea is to bypass all of that and just go you know what i kind of know what i'm doing like whether i can they say the irony is like because i'm an engineer right so and i race so the irony is i know what to do doesn't mean i can actually do it (laughs) well that's right yeah but it's, it's kind of, I find that less frustrating. At least I'm not, I haven't got two problems. I feel like, how do I do it and can I do it? At least I'm trying to reduce the how do I do it piece to like, well, at least I know what I need to do. And then it's, I just have the fun of like, can I actually go and enact that myself? And I think what you've outlined there when you're saying people are doing it for fun, particularly at the grassroots amateur level, there is still also that competitive spirit there that, that everyone's got, regardless of whether you're Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen fighting it out at the front of the Formula One World Championship, or if you're a guy racing a Janetta or a GT car, um, that's Netherton, really. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's one of those things is sort of this, uh, I was talking about life in the paddock, bit, but you know, you're sort of talking to your friends in the paddock and, and whatever, and, you, and there's, whether it's, um, maybe, maybe it's just my perception, but sometimes, you know, I, I see people sort of putting themselves in a bit of a bit of a hierarchy in the paddock, um, and if, if someone goes out on track and they, they don't fit the hierarchy of like, well, I was expecting to be at the front or, or they've, they've come from the back and they're suddenly at the front. It kind of like everyone gets a bit unsettled about it. And I quite like all that. I like that competitive bit of sort of people trying to improve themselves and, you know, and get to the front. Yeah, no, exactly. And so your motorsport background, how did you get involved in working in motorsport? So I've got, uh, I've got this kind of hybrid career so i started off uh i've always been into motorsport it's my sport okay i I just like cars going in a circle um and i I don't know why particularly i wasn't particularly like good at other sports at school and i put me in a go-kart and i was quite quick so maybe that was why i gravitated towards it i enjoyed the engineering and the technical stuff so the first sort of 10 years of my career i got into car design which we we have a lot of here in the uk um, so I was designing s- suspension and steering systems for road and racing cars uh, for people like Aston Martin, Jaguar Land Rover and um, some sports car companies like Multimatic and people you may have heard of. 
And then, um, yeah, very briefly, yeah, then we had the last um, uh, world's collapse in 2008, where, <laughs> where the financial world went, went a bit weird and the, the life in automotive was a bit difficult. And so I took an opportunity to step out and go and do uh, an MBA. And then after that, I, you know, I, I did a dissertation on uh, with a guy, a friend of mine from Formula One, on how to develop racing drivers to win in Formula One. Uh, which is fascinating. And in, in that period of time, he moved into the world of Olympic sport, of all things. Huh. And he said, Samir, you're coming out the other end. The world is still in crisis in the car industry. We need a hand in Olympic sport. So can you give us a hand? Because they're getting more technical and they're using more data and mm -hmm. they need a hand. So basically, then I've spent the, you know, the last 10 or 12 years working in Olympic sport. In and the reason I mentioned it... Oh, sorry. No, no, it's fine. It's like the reason I mentioned it is because it's very relevant because... People in Olympic sports are using sports, but they're not comfortable with it. And so it gives me a lot of empathy for people in, the, in our paddock, if mm -hmm. you see, in the sense of like, actually, yeah, it's not, I'm not just hanging out with these engineers who take it for granted. I'm hanging out with people who want to use it, but they just really, they're not sure where to start. And so, yeah, that's, that's how, it all, how it's all kind of come about. What sports in specifically are you, um, are you working on in the Olympic arena? Uh, so with Olympic sports, um, I work with about 40 different sports organizations uh, in the last few years. So um, principally under like the Team GB banner. So you'd have uh, athletics, swimming, rowing, uh, boxing, um, disability shooting, uh, just the diving, the list goes on and on, it's, uh, cycling. Okay. So the list kind of goes on and on. What's interesting is I'm, the, the contribution I was making was to the team behind the team that you see. So all of the sports scientists, all the coaches, all the directors of performance. I've actually been over to uh, Australia, uh, over in helping helping the guys um, in Victoria, uh, in Melbourne. So um, with, with their stuff, with data as well. And it's all about how those organisations um, produce better athletes and, and they need systems and they're sitting there on spreadsheets and they're cut, copying and pasting bits of information to make presentations and my contribution was to make all that bit a little bit more effective and efficient. So effectively what they're doing is taking the data that you're giving them or enhancing for them and being the trusted mentor to the athlete transferring that to the actual performance. So these people, yeah, so they're, they're, what, what's interesting about the world of sport is they have a massive, uh, they're really quite intellectual. They're very, they're very highly qualified. There's lots of doctors uh, everywhere, <laughs> whether they're a medical doctor or doctor or something. So they're smart people and they've been employed for that experience and their, their experience. And, and they're sitting there spending four, four hours a day copying and pasting data in Excel and you think, hang on, that, that, that doesn't feel right. So that's kind of what we're doing. And so we're trying to remove, make that a bit more efficient so they can spend more time with the athletes and the coaches. But obviously during that period of time through osmosis, I've kind of been exposed to this best practice in the world of sport, uh, particularly around coaching. Um, so yeah, it's been, it's been an absolutely fascinating journey. I suppose the, uh, the, one of the, one, one of the big projects I can talk about, cause some of the stuff that, you know, I've got to be a bit confidential, but, um, sure. But the, one of the big ones you can talk about is the um, the Ineos One Five Nine uh, challenge, where Ilip Kipchoge uh, broke the two hour um, marathon uh, barrier. Oh yes, yep. He ran. He's the first guy to run under two hours for a marathon, which um, uh, 
in, in any metric is a ridiculously amazing achievement. It's um, how do I explain it to people? So 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 in a in a in a gym, you're on the treadmill, and you put it up to absolute maximum, and the maximum a gym treadmill can go to is about twenty kph, something like that. I mean, I can't I can't even do it at all. Right? <laughs> but but you can imagine he was running at 23, 24 kph, so quicker than that for two hours. Huh. And just like, oh my god, you know. And my job for him was to, to work the line out. So we GPS uh, scanned the whole the whole track, and I sat there um, and basically optimized his racing line. We would call it in motorsport. I'd optimized his racing line so that he uh, used the minimum amount of energy so that he could do that. I mean, so I, small contribution, but you know, that, it made so it you're improving to put it in a racing parlance. You're improving his apexes effectively. Exactly. Yeah, right. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> when, he, when he made said Ineos, then I thought you were going down the track of the America's Cup. I was blown away watching the America's Cup on how much involvement uh, Formula One had in this particular America's Cup and those magnificent machines. Like, they're just absolutely unbelievable. It's, it's fascinating. That particular project is really good this year because, well, the last one, because they couldn't test the boat. So they, they, mm. couldn't, they couldn't build it and have a go and go, actually, oh, no, I'll have another go. They had to do it all and, and kind of commit to the design before it even been in the water. And um, That's kind of normal in engineering, you know, and normal in Formula One these days. But in, in uh, club level or amateur motorsport, that's really unusual. We sort of we build stuff and then we test it and we kind of go, oh, not sure. That's a bit trial and error. And we sort of go, oh, well, can we make it better? We think about it, but it's it's not to the same level of simulation. So, mm. uh, and it's a good so you've uh, alluded to the fact that you had your own motorsport career there. What um, what have you spent your time behind the wheel of over the years? So my car um, is a bit like a KTM seven. Uh, you can kind mm -hmm. of see it there, oh, there. and um, it's uh, yeah, it's a it's a you know very grassroots uh, level racing. I've been doing it for since 2006 something like that and um it was just a, a way for me to um not just not just make these cars go quick on a computer but to actually go out and do it myself because it is a sport and it is um i love the comp competition and i love uh driving quickly and uh trying to improve and seeing how how good you can really be and for our listeners who may be interested in more about uh your data driven what services do you offer your end user. So what we do um, for you uh, as a as an end user is you've got all these resources on the blog. So um, it started off as a blog with articles, and now there's spreadsheets uh, to calculate things like the gear change, which I've already mentioned, or tire pressures. You know how to set those exactly right. I've also um, uh, done a book. I've got a podcast. Uh, myself, so I, it's weird me being here. I normally <laughs> the other way around. I, like, I'm normally the interviewer, and I just get to ask the questions and then listen to what people say. Uh, it's much more difficult being on this side, I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so I do the podcast, uh, and uh, which which is which is great fun. And then yeah, so I've got a book which is actually a summary. So what I did is I took the, like the first twenty guests and I uh, tried to distill all their knowledge into a summary. Uh, which was quite an interesting project, uh, a bit bigger than I anticipated. But anyway, that was that come out. And I've also got some courses, so some online courses. So if you're looking at, uh, for example, data might be new for you, right? 
And where do you start? And you may not have liked maths and physics at school. You may find data a bit of a hassle. You've got the data logger and you've been sold on the intuitive X, Y, and Z, and then you actually come to use it and it's really not. So, yeah, so, so the idea is like, well, imagine if I was sat next to you with your data, this is how we would do it. And, you know, so we put it all together in a process. So that's, I've got an online course and stuff that people are uh, very welcome to go and check out. Fantastic. And with the website, there's a great number of free resources on there. If you go for a poke around the website, what are you finding articles on specifically? So what I've done is I've split them into three kind of sections. So you've got that sort of what called race engineering stuff, which is articles on, I know, where do you put your transponder? These are kind of basic questions that if you ask, I love that question in a way, because it's one of the ones you ask in a paddock and you'll get this kind of um, a mixture of responses, either really patronizing, either I don't quite know, or you definitely do this. So I thought, well, I'll just help people answer that. And so there's all these kind of race engineering questions about how to prepare your car and how to set your car up. Uh, and they're growing all the time. I mean, I just, you know, there's every new, every week there's new stuff. Then there's um, the data analysis as a subset of that, because I, I think that is its own kind of thing. Um, so looking at video analysis, looking at data analysis, looking at different analysis techniques um, to try and help you get more from that system you've already spent thousands on. And then a little bit on driving. Uh, the that puts it more into context, you know, what is good driving and how to think about stuff, how to manage your nerves, how to uh, approach a, a weekend, the, the physical effects of driving, which I, I did an article a couple of weeks ago. We, uh, one of the, one of the um, guys I coach, um, we put a heart rate monitor on him for the day. Mm. And so it's like, well, let's see. Let's see. No one does this, right? So, no, well, not amateur level, right? So, let's put a heart rate monitor on you. We, we do it for your running or if you're cycling. So, let's do it for your driving. And we were shocked. This guy is really fit. His mm. resting heart rate about 54, which is like super fit. Uh, average, you know, whatever is about, yes, definitely 80, you know, rest like when he's normal. He started off, and you can see in his data through the day exactly when he was on track. His heart rate peaked 150. And he, oh, and it never, but what was really interesting, it never came back down. So it came back down, but only to about 100, 110, 120, something like that, for the whole day. So, right. you, so we were like, even though you're not in the car, your heart rate is still really high. And we're like, hmm, that's really interesting because down, that explains why I get to the end of the day, a test day, where I've only been in the car four times for 20 minutes and I'm exhausted. And it's because the adrenaline and all that, Anxiety is just with you all day. So you think, okay, how do, how do I deal with that? Now that I know, can I eat differently? Can I prepare in a different way? Can I, what can I do to make my life easier? So if I've got a race at half five at night, I'm not going to be exhausted. Stuff like yes. that. Yeah, that's fascinating. Um, that's really fascinating. I've found it um, interesting to watch MotoGP this year oh. when they put the heart rate up. And Brilliant. like these guys doing 330 kilometers an hour with 140 rate, I'm going, you're kidding me. Yeah. <laughs> but that shows, yeah. the, that shows the fitness side of it, doesn't it? That's oh, the important sure. the fitness, yeah. Because ours yeah. would be like, well, mine would certainly be like way higher than that if I was on a motorbike going that quick. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, as, as you say, that that's interesting data um, at all levels to know that there is stress um, being placed upon you even when you aren't in the car. That you exactly. don't realise, and that's a, that's again something that as an athlete uh, you have to manage throughout the course of your weekend to not 
uh, to not get yourself over overextenuated. I guess is probably the word. Yeah, yeah. Like, sit down. But like, we spent our whole weekend walking around. We get out of the car, and then we're just standing up. And it's just like yes. we should sit down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have a green green tea and sit in the lotus position. <laughs> yeah, well, just something, just something that involves like yeah. a little bit of rest. <laughs> yeah, you've uh, you've got your own podcast as your reference. I had a look on there um, a little bit earlier on when I was preparing for this interview, and some very very interesting guests. Before we get too much into the content. Who's been your best guest on there and why? Or best guests? Um, they've all been amazing. Am I allowed to say that? I mean, I'm just humbled that they come on the show and talk to me, to be honest. Uh, if I'm yeah. really honest with you. I've had some amazing people on there um, from, you know, the, the cream of professional motorsport. And the idea of the podcast is really so that um, we can learn. Like, I put my amateur hat on in a way and say, right, I interview my guests on behalf of my audience and say, you know, okay, so I've got Rob Wilson, for example, driver coach extraordinaire. He's coached 75 Grand Prix drivers, including half the current Formula One grid, half the current IndyCar grid, half the current V8 Supercar grid. He has coached, right, this guy. Yeah. And he does it in a small voxel <laughs> on a disused airfield <laughs> with some cones. Mm. And I'm like... Well, what what is going on? You know, what, you know <laughs> all these people are flying in all around the world. Kimi Raikkonen, Bottas, Rosberg. All these people are coming in and say, "Oh, well, flat car, flat car." And it's like, what what are you doing? And so basically, it was just an opportunity for me to ask him on the, on my audience's behalf and say, "Well, like, come on, Rob, what, what is it that you do with these people?" So we've got the driver coaches like him and uh, Ross Bentley and um, Scott Mansell from Driver Sixty One. These kind of very well-known driver coaches got some formula one engineers so it's like well um and rally engineers actually which is kind of an interesting mix um you know what is a damper what where am i going to find lap time did you know did you know the most if you ask a, a race engineer where to focus for lap time what would you what do you think they would say probably breaking i would say more than throttle application slow corners mm. and i'm like what i spend my time coaching people to go quickly in quick corners right oh yes i'm here all the lap times in slow corners i'm like why is that well you just spend more time in them like you, you referenced specifically um uh, <laughs> rob there i had the opportunity to work with him at the bathurst 12 hour a few years ago and um he was looking after a couple of gentlemen races, unfortunately. Um, it didn't last too long into the day, but what a remarkable guy to sit down when you had a little bit of downtime and just talk. Between cigarettes, of course. He loves it. <laughs> he just loves it. He loves going quickly. He loves sharing what is he because Rob is not and people not all, not a lot of people know this, but Rob is a very accomplished driver in his own right. And yet he's obviously made he's most famous for coaching others, but it's just, yeah, absolutely fascinating. So there I've had some, I've managed to get some people on from the world of sport. So uh, some, uh, an Aussie guy actually, who's, who was our head, head cycling guy called Scott Gardner, um, head, head of cycling for a while uh, over here and worked with uh, sort of Sky and all those, those kind of guys. And um, 
and some psychologists. So um, like Lando Norris's psychologist, for example, you know, what, okay, what do you, what do you talk when you, when you've got a Formula One driver or you've got a, a driver at a lower level, what is it that you're talking to them about as a psychologist? Because psychology is a bit of a weird role in motorsport. It's not been traditionally seen as required. Weirdly, it's a bit like when I, my, my experience in sport where data hasn't traditionally been required. And yeah. so now psychology is, it's kind of all kind of coming together. And so what do you say? How do you, how do, you do it? And this guy he gives us some great examples of working with a Japanese driver, talking to a French engineer where the, where the team language was English. And not, you know, so it's second language for both of them. So they're on the radio in an F2 card and the a Japanese driver's going around and he said, he said, I could hear the guy. Like, so the French engineer would ask him a question and he said, I could hear the Japanese guy trying to work out, A, what, what is he saying? Then B, what should I say back? And then C, how do I say that in English? All whilst, <laughs> all whilst driving around at like 170 kilometers out, 200 miles out. It's absolutely great show. So uh, it's, uh, to answer your question about who's the best, uh, I, I wouldn't want to, so that, I think they're all, they all appeal to different people, I think. And that's, that's the most important thing. It's just very kind that they took the time to come on. I'm going to have to catch up on the back catalogue. What, <laughs> what do we search for? Another one for the podcast list. What's that? <laughs> Another one for my podcast list, which seems yeah, to be... Yeah, please do. Your day from podcast, yes. It's, yes. On Apple and all, it's on all of the, you know, Apple, Google, whatever, Spotify. It's on all so those. just <laughs> so look, up, look up your data-driven podcast. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Now that's great, and um, yeah, really looking forward to catching up with a couple of those um, podcasts because it sounds fascinating. Like particularly what you're saying about um, about the difference in languages. Motorsport is such an international sport, and you see how some adapt to it, and then the interesting way that others adapt to it. I think I'm like a lot of people, a lot of F1 fans that this year you instantly fell in love with Sonoda for his rather interesting approach to the English language. <laughs> it's quite flowery, I think you call it, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, the square jar's been getting the work out. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, like to, I like to hear the passion, though. I love, you know, because it can be a bit sterile, Formula 1 sometimes, and I just love I loved that. I mean, he's not doing so great at the moment. I, I think he would do better, but I just love that that passion he's got. <laughs> I think um, I think Formula 1's in a really um, real purple patch of personalities at the moment. Uh, yeah. Like, you know, you've got the mega team of Lando Norris and Daniel Ricciardo there um, fighting out at McLaren, like two of the biggest personalities in world sport. You've yeah. got, you know, Max. You've still got Kimi Raikkonen. You've got Lewis Hamilton and Sonoda and so on and so forth. It's, uh, it's actually a really fun, um, fun period to watch the out-of-the-car stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. As well as some of the, in, in the inside-the-car stuff at... Um, the moment as well. Tell us a bit more about becoming an author and writing the book, and then you've got a few more books coming soon, I understand as well. So the book, yeah, was uh, a, a summary of, of the, my podcast notes, in effect, because what I noticed when I was talking to people, and you, you must have this, that people come on and they'll, they'll kind of start giving you their thoughts and advice and, and trying to share ways in which uh, the audience can actually get some action, you know, some actual takeaway stuff to do. And what was became apparent to me after talking to a few people was that they were saying similar things. And what I wanted to do is kind of distill that 
and 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 organize that in a, in a in a way that we wouldn't forget you know so we listen to the show and think oh that was really great advice and then we're on to the next one um and then you, you you're just very much in the moment so the idea of the book was to to summarize all those together and so what i do is i try and you know put them into chapters and it's a you know quotes from the from the um from the show but also with my thoughts pre and pre and post each chapter so that you you get an idea of like well what we're trying to what what we're trying to address here what what am i looking for and then at the other end it's like how i give you my summary obviously there's space there for you to make your own summary of those notes as well but things like you know how to break and stuff like that and in terms of the other stuff coming through um yeah so i've got some guides on um uh setting getting your tires sorted uh gear changing what do i need to know about gears because not you know interesting i've had a lot of people uh as the site's kind of grown come from outside of um traditional motorsport so uh, particularly in the world of sim racing in the last few years yeah. well, last year or so um and what's nice about the world of sim racing in some of the games is you, you have complete freedom on the gears right which is great in one sense and then equally what do i do, <laughs> what do yeah. I I'm going to this track. What, 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 how do I optimize your gears? And you end up sitting there just trying things randomly, driving in a circle. That maybe there's a bit more of a scientific way you can do that. So, um, so that these are the kind of things that are coming. Um, a lot more in the engineering side. I, uh, I, have <laughs> started a project called Project 23, which is around trying to improve my own racing car in public. And the first thing we're starting with is the springs and dampers. And I thought, well, I'll just start there because that's easy. Because people go, well, what spring should I put on? And what dampers should I run? They're really easy questions. And then yes. they're really difficult answers. So, <laughs> so it's <laughs> a lot longer to get it together. But there's so much good stuff in there. That's all yeah. coming. <laughs> Fantastic. Sounds great. And so how do you promote your services to motorsport competitors or even other sporting competitors that might be uh, tuning in? Well, I'm, I'm available on the site and I come on uh, podcast shows like yourself. Uh, I spend quite a lot of time um, in some of the forums. So um, some of the online forums where, you know, people ask questions and I'm trying to get in there and, and help them out and just, just to be uh, available for people uh, to answer their questions in the moment, you know, so how do I do X, Y, and Z? Well, I'll, Think I understand what you're doing. This is what I would suggest, and then it's up to them to to decide for themselves if that's a value. But you know, that's that's where I am uh, I, hanging out. Yeah. Well, obviously, once you've put given them a little bit of advice, not the whole heap of advice, they they want to come and pay for your time to to continue to train up. Yeah. I mean, there's 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 um there's I do some mentoring and I do some I do some coaching as well. Um, but uh, one of the things that I saw, I've been asked actually recently to help a um, uh, a business that has people who are using data on a daily basis with teams and just to help like develop their team. So to, to train their team to get more value from the data that they're getting. So that's another, that's just another slightly, I wasn't quite expecting that to happen, to be honest, but that's from a business point of view, that's, they're trying to increase their own business capability in this world. Um, you know, data is only getting more. And yeah. so, so we can easily become overwhelmed and we've got too much. So what do we do with it and how can we make some value out of it? How do we present it in a nice way? Um, 
I think that's an under underrated uh, of underrated importance, how you visualize information, how you ask questions um, and, and make sure that people have the right information at the right time. What I love about Formula One, if you look at their, their screens on the on the pit wall, it's there is a lot of information there, but it's very, very clear. Mm. It's, it, 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 they're not overwhelmed by stuff. It's kind of like what where like, what's the prediction for where we're going to finish? That's it. It's just one number. We're going to finish fourth. Yeah. And you know that there's a whole load of stuff that goes on underneath that number four. But mm. what's really important to the guy sitting on the pit wall is that number four. He, he Yes, he wants all that information, all the behind the scenes to give him confidence at that, you know, later on. But what goes in? And so so what we, what the trap that we fall into sometimes when we have a lot of information is, is we just, we just, just give all of it and then the person who's receiving it has to sort of navigate their way through so one of the nice things you can do is sort of try and like so i've got all this information what do they actually want and try and distill it it's very difficult mentally to do that yeah yeah, yeah that's relevant and that's relevant and that's relevant and that's relevant it's just like you just got to try and cut through all that and say like i'm going to finish fourth or do i pit? if the safety car comes out do we pit or not pit Mm-hmm. These are the simple. These are the simple questions that you've got to answer, um, and you can make the, um, the the recommendation is more and more robust with information. So. Where do you find your inspiration to and thirst for knowledge to continue to build on this? I've found this chat absolutely fascinating. <laughs> uh, well, my mum was a teacher, yeah. So I think I think it's kind of in the blood a little bit. It does feel a bit weird. Uh, I'll be honest with you, as a competitor, to now share all this stuff with everyone because it's hard earned, hard fought. <laughs> well, know, that's hard. it, exactly. But, like it's, um, but at I the same time, that... well, we're interested. So, sorry to jump in, but at the same time, I've taken this lesson from, from Olympic sport. And the first time I went to Olympic sports conference, um, number one, it was really expensive, and I'm not used to that. <laughs> it, it coming from engineering, they're all free to try and get as many people. But the actual presentations, these people were standing up from all these different places all around the world and literally telling you exactly what they did. Like, this is the data we gathered or this is the training program that we put in place and this worked and this didn't work. And I'm coming from that sport going, what? Uh, you know, <laughs> and, and, and someone pulled me aside and said, Samir, it's not the knowledge, it's what you do with it. And I thought that was quite, it's so simple, it's quite compelling. It's essential. I can tell you all this stuff, but you need to know why, what's going in behind it and make your own decision about what's right for you. And so that's the same approach I'm sort of taking. I'm sharing all this stuff with people and saying, look, I'm not saying, I'm not saying this prescriptive, this is what you should do. I'm saying, this is what's worked for me. And I hope mm-hmm. it works for you too. So that's, but I just love, I love learning new stuff. I like this heart rate stuff. It's like, oh, now I know why I'm exhausted at the end of the day. Yeah. I'm going to do something about it and I'm not going to be exhausted and I'm going to have more fun. So, but I guess um, I guess every client that walks through your door or gets on your phone presents a different challenge, which therefore yeah. adds to your base of knowledge that you can then impart on other people. And as you said, like with the heart rate stuff, you didn't expect that data to come back from it. Certainly. I mean, there's, there's you know, everyone's different and at a different stage of their uh journey in motorsport and they're some of the young people old people they've they're new to the sport they're, they've been doing it a long time 
And it's, from a consulting point of view, it's very much trying to understand well, what's a win for them. You know, what's going to, what, where do you want to get to, and where where do you see yourself in the future? Um, and then we establish that as a as an objective. And it might be I want to win the championship because I've been doing it for ten years and I always come second. Mm. Or <laughs> or it's it's I want to win my first race, or I want to improve my lap time so I'm in the top ten, or I want to. Uh, just know how close I am to the limit of my car when I'm going around on a track day. Yeah, because yeah. you can work this sort of stuff out. It's just a what is it? What is success for you? And everyone's got their own uh, goal. We sort of say, oh yeah, you just want to lap quicker, but it's not necessarily that. You just want to make sure that you're having the most fun and you you feel like you're this is worth pursuing. I mean, you do see a lot of glum faces around a paddock. And um, I suppose my, if I can add a, add a few more smiles, uh, then then you know, that's success for me, really. Particularly with the long-suffering fathers that are paying the bills on the way through. Yeah. <laughs> on the flip side of that, what's your downtime? How do you chill out? What's what's relaxation, Samir? So um, so I've got a, a family, a young family. So that's um, number one. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, and it's and it's just spending time with them, really. And making sure that you know my kids are okay at school and we're doing enough activities. My my my, my lad's getting in more and more into sports, so I do spend a lot of time standing at the side of uh, pitches of various descriptions, watching him play. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so that's that's a bit about me. And I mean, I have to be honest, motor racing is a bit too much. Probably a bit too much of my life, really. But my wife will probably say that um, you know she could, I could dial it down a bit, but it's one of those things. It's a bit. Um, don't use 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 the word drug, but it's kind of it's one of those kind of gets in you, doesn't it? And you're just like consuming. Uh, yeah. Like, Try to do something else, and here I am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, fair enough. So we'll round it off, and thanks for your time because it has oh, been no absolutely absolutely fantastic. What are the best contact details for people to follow you through your social media or to get more information on um, your data driven? So your data driven dot com. Uh, is the your best port of call. I've got a newsletter as well, which I didn't mention, but you know, I send out a weekly, uh, all the latest articles I send out um, on the newsletter every week. So sign yourself up for that. And then, you know, feel free to ping me an email at hello at your data driven. I get, you know, it's, it's lovely to hear from people all over the world uh, getting their questions. It's like, oh, how can you help me with X, Y, and Z? And I, I do try and get back to everyone um, as soon as I can. And yeah, so that's, they're the two best things. I I, I am on social media. Uh, I am. Uh, I am a bit of a Luddite when it comes to it. I've got like Instagram and <laughs> Facebook and Twitter and all this sort of stuff. And I, I do intend to be more visible, but I'm I've just um, I'm I'm still got my my learner wings on when it comes to all of that. So um, I'm, all, I'm on all of those as well. So feel free to you know YouTube channel ah uh, everything. <laughs> sure, guys will. Be in touch and jump on board. Subscribe to the newsletter. Um, I don't think this is going to be the last time uh, that we're speaking with you. And certainly um, got something that I want to talk to you as soon as we finish up here. But uh, thanks for your time, Samir. And um, it's been a fascinating insight. Samir Abid from Your Data Driven. Look it up, yourdatadriven.com and get around it uh, if you are continuing to look to build on your skill set. I'm sure 
that you'll benefit out of this chat and all the data that is up on the website and some of those pretty cool people on the podcast as well. Thank you so much, Samir. Anytime. Thank you. Thanks so much to Samir for his time for the Motorsport Coaching Podcast. That was really cool and hope you jump onto yourdatadriven.com for more information. And make sure you let Samir know that you've listened to the pod. We'll uh, put his information in the show notes. Now, if you listen from the start, I said we've got something exciting coming up. And if you've been on the Motivate Training Socials over the last few days, you would have seen a mysterious post for a motorsport conference. This has had some time off due to the Rona, but Belinda and the team here at Motivate Training have been chipping away at a new version for a while now. We won't share too many details just yet, but we're pumped about what we're going to do later on this year. We're aiming to have presenters that you're familiar with and others from around the world that you may not be. We're going to need your help though. So keep an eye out on the Motivate Training social media platforms as we continue to build it and ask for your input. That's all coming soon. Thanks again for listening to the Motorsport Coaching Podcast powered by Motivate Training. I'm Matt Payne and we'll catch you next time. Well, thanks everyone for listening to this week's show. I really hope you enjoyed that one as much as I did. Now, remember all the show notes with the links and the specials mentioned in today's show are available over at motivatetraining.com.au. If you haven't already, I'd really appreciate if you could head to iTunes or Stitcher, type in Motorsport Coaching, subscribe and leave us a review. Each week, I'll read them out and you'll go into monthly draw to win a fantastic prize. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at motivatetraining.com.au or head over to our Facebook page at Motivate to Tea. Until next time, take care.